In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You go to a wedding celebration to rejoice with the bride and the groom. You toast them, you praise them, you share in their joy. But when it comes to this wedding feast, the one before us in this parable, it is not only a celebration that these two finally found one another, because what kept the groom from his bride wasn't time or distance, it was sin and death and the devil. This is how God speaks all throughout the Old Testament. Israel is the bride of God, but rather than worship the one true God and serve only him, Israel lived as though she had no loyalty to any God. She lived like a woman unfaithful to her husband. So the groom has every reason to reject his bride, and yet he will go to get her anyway. The groom has come to rescue his bride, to pay her ransom, to dress her in a pure, white, spotless garment. That's what God's kingdom is. A wedding banquet given for the king's son. It is the celebration to end all other celebrations. The choicest meats in abundance, the royal cellar thrown open, and the finest wine overflowing every cup. The invitation is the opportunity of a thousand lifetimes. Will you go? Will you share the king's joy? Will you rejoice in his love? Will you partake of the abundant feast? Did I mention that you are to be the honored guest? The church is the bride, and you are included in the church. You are not only the guest, you are members of the bride herself. The kingdom of heaven feast is your own wedding banquet. Will you come? Will you take the seat as the honored guest? Will you rejoice in your groom? Will you celebrate your own wedding? Will you join the celebration of your own pardon? Will you enjoy life and salvation given out in abundance? Will you celebrate the abundant forgiveness poured out upon you? The invitation is set before you. What could possibly keep you away? The host is unbelievably gracious, but some prefer to spurn his invitation. There are some who refuse. They have stopped believing that the king's word means anything at all. Maybe they think the king doesn't really mean to invite everyone. He cares not about you, but only about his own glory. Some refuse to come because they do not believe in marriage. Others refuse because they think the king has thrown a banquet just to show how great he is. He is the ultimate oppressor. 
and he forces all people to partake of his bounty if they wish to be saved. Who wants a king like that? Or maybe they reject his word because they have given up believing that he is the king. They haven't seen him in a long, long time. Some will dare to speak his name, but they do so only in jest or to mock. Some simply ignore the invitation entirely, but they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. They are either captivated with their possessions or wholly engaged in the pursuit of them. The invitation was unimportant. They have no time for a wedding feast. They are, in a word, materialist. And the materialist sees nothing useful about a feast. There's nothing practical in a wedding feast where everything is given out in abundance. It's all rather wasteful. Where are the practical things? A wedding feast doesn't teach me how to manage my money or to invest. I don't learn how to live my best life now at a banquet. They don't go because they think it would be better to stay home. It's what they know. It's where they think they will be safe. It's the sensible, practical choice. Some politely decline God's gifts of grace, perhaps out of indifference, perhaps thinking it's not all that important. But others outright despise the gifts. These are the rebels. The rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The rebels do not want God as their king. They do not want Jesus, their groom, to be the head of his bride, the church. They hate the king. They do not want to feast with this king because they are loyal to another. They are subjects of the prince of hell because he has promised that he will be their rightful king. If it were up to the rebels, there would be no kingdom of heaven feast. The rebels have plenty to enjoy here on earth. And joy in heaven just doesn't make any sense at all. So they do what the people of Israel have always done when they heard the invitation. Prophet after prophet was sent to them. But no matter what the prophets spoke, the people despised them all. They despised and rejected the messenger. They, re- they despised God's law and his gospel. They confessed that Moses was their greatest prophet, and yet they were not afraid to speak against him. Prophet after prophet threatened and imprisoned and beaten and murdered. And the blood of the prophets is on their own heads. So, too, with the messengers today. If you don't like the message, get rid of the messenger. Find some way to quiet the message. Act violently. Run away. Or simply ignore it.
Excuses abound, but they are only excuses. Because when it comes down to it, they don't like the invitation. Because this wedding invitation is unlike any other. It's not the kind that we're used to today that comes with a sort of hidden demand for a gift. This king demands nothing from you. Nothing for you to bring. Nothing for you to do. All is prepared. All is ready. But this invitation comes bearing an uncomfortable word. Repent. The king's servants have let it be known that he is not happy with the people's greed and selfishness. Their lying and gossiping is detestable to him. They have failed to honor and respect their spouses in marriage. They have been unwilling to defend his little ones. The invitation includes a word of judgment, but it also includes an absolution. So an RSVP to this banquet will require facing up to the king's word. You must let your sins come out of the darkness and into the light and all will be forgiven. An RSVP will mean the end and destruction of all idols. It means admitting they were wrong. It means relying on the king's word instead of their feelings. So to many, the invitation doesn't seem worth it. It requires giving up too much. The RSVP is just too costly. Some think they don't need to hear how their sins are forgiven. They're already confident in their own self-righteousness. The haters of grace refuse to be given to. They demand God let them into heaven because of their own self-righteousness. They are not unlike a proud child who becomes angry that he can't do something by himself. They refuse to believe that they need saving. They refuse to believe that their good works are filthy rags before God. So the materialists stay in their homes and occupy themselves with their businesses while the rebels respond with violence and vitriol. But both these groups reject God's word. They hate God's word of law, and they hate his grace. So, though they react violently against the invitation, or hide at home away from the king, they are not safe from his wrath. For they are destroyed. The rebels and the indifferent alike come to ruin. The king sent his troops and burned their city, the place of safety that they had built for themselves, and not one stone remained upon another. Their whole structure of safety came crashing down upon them. Now, who are these materialists? Who are the rebels? The materialists are easy to spot. They have dozens of excuses All manner of other responsibilities will keep them away from the feast. The haters are easy to spot, too. 
It's obvious by the way they treat those who invite them to the banquet. All are invited. And the evil excuse themselves from the banquet, refusing to come in. But there is also a third group, another who rejects the invitation. For it says that both good and evil came in to the banquet. So not all those who come in are good. And the evil one who participates is really quite impossible to spot. A hypocrite looks like he belongs at the banquet, at least to the other guests. Everyone is invited to the wedding banquet to receive, but the hypocrite pretends to receive. He is gathered around the same word and sacraments, but he is a pretender. He pretends that he is glad for the invitation. He pretends to belong there. He pretends that he is thankful for the banquet. But most of all, he pretends to love the king. He pretends to rejoice in the king's son. But a hypocrite cannot hide behind his mask forever. No matter how convincing his disguise He can't get past the king. Though the hypocrite appears pure and holy to the other guests, he is dressed in his own righteousness. He is a sham Christian who despises his baptismal garment and so despises Christ. God will spot the hypocrite. He will be found out. If you only go through the motions... God will easily spot you. Though the other guests look at the hypocrite and see a fellow guest, he looks different to the host. Though the hypocrite looks pious and good, and perhaps even wanted to be among the other guests, he was also rejecting the gracious invitation of the king. Now, please don't be offended. I don't know that any of you are hypocrites. God alone sees your heart. I go only by what I see and hear. If one is publicly unrepentant for his sin, or if he speaks against our Lord Christ and his word, he is not a hypocrite. For then it is evident that he is outside the Christian faith. If he publicly joins himself to another confession, then that is evident to all of us. But if you reject our Lord's word while keeping that confession to yourself, your fellow Christians won't know the difference. They cannot see the lack of faith in your heart. Your secret is safe. But rest assured, the king will spot the hypocrites. The king sees clearly in the baptismal garment The baptismal wedding garment that you wear consists also of faith in Christ. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. 
despite all his words and his behavior, that man didn't have faith. He has despised the robe of Christ bestowed in his baptism. He has scorned the invitation to the dinner, and he is cast into the outer darkness. So if you are a hypocrite, God will spot you. But if you are a hypocrite, God is giving you the opportunity to be spotted today. For if you are a hypocrite and you fear being found out, it's not too late. There is still time to repent. Our Lord is present in mercy even now. Even now, materialists and haters and hypocrites are still being invited The call of repent still goes out. There is still room. There is still time. Though the hypocrite feigns love for the king, though the materialist refuses and the hater despises, though the wedding feast is inexplicably spurned by many of those invited, the feast still goes on. The materialists and all their things cannot quell the abundance of the king. The haters who reject the invitation cannot stop others from being invited. The hypocrite who doesn't want to be there can't spoil the joy. Where the bridegroom is, there is rejoicing. And the bridegroom is here. So we celebrate Jesus comes to us in his living flesh and blood, and so we rejoice. Within this wedding feast, we remind each other, lift up your hearts. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord, have mercy on us. We tell one another, man has never lived by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from God's own mouth. Words like, I baptize you, I forgive you, take, eat, and drink. This is a wedding party that won't be stopped. People can scorn the truth of the gospel, but their rejection doesn't mean Jesus is wrong. Their scoffing doesn't negate the celebration Their boredom doesn't change the message. Jesus died for you, and his feast will go on. Even a person in our wedding banquet, celebrating and feasting alongside of us, without really believing or using the forgiveness of Jesus, doesn't mean the party stops. The wedding banquet of the king's son still goes on, And the invitations are still going out. Come unto me, all you who are laden with sins, with debt, with fear, and I will give you peace and rest, forgiveness. So celebrate this day, your wedding feast. Celebrate to the tunes of redemption, the melody of salvation, the song of victory in Jesus' name. Because the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding banquet. And at a wedding banquet, you celebrate. Let the feast begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.